when I first started in sales, I thought I was horrible on the phone. I would speak with people, I would get off and I would say, that person will never take my call again. (laughs) But over time, you start to realize that you're getting better and you start to be more confident and internally you start to tell yourself, I am good at this. You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 87 of Stand Out Get Noticed. My name is Christina Cantors, communications skills speaker, coach, and the host of this show. Welcome back if you're a regular listener, and greetings if you are a brand new listener. Lots of good stuff in this episode today, a lot of practical things that you can implement to help you be more confident and effective at influencing others. And it's all about your language. So I was running a communication skills workshop for a group of high-performing real estate portfolio managers recently, and one of the questions that came up was about language. I was asked, what specific words or phrases should we use in our vocabulary when talking to clients? Now, I believe this is such an important thing to understand and practice. I'm sharing it with you here on the podcast. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash language. And just so you know, I'm recording this from the media room at Hub Melbourne and I'm testing it out. It's sounding a little bit echoey, so I'm not sure if I'll use it again, but just letting you know that's where I am recording from. Now, before we get to the main part of the podcast, a quick shout out. I received a lovely email from listener Li Ning from China, but who's living in the US. And Li Ning writes, as a new subscriber to your podcast, I became your fan instantly. Before, I have doubts on myself whether I can step out of my comfort zone and reach out to people who I don't know. Your show taught me tips to build confidence in me using proven strategies. Leaning also asked in the email about tips for newbies to Toastmasters. And I say to firstly, find a club where you like the people, shop around, make sure that they're a good bunch. And second, put your hands up for roles and speeches. You don't necessarily have to do a speech early on, but maybe you can take on a minor role. And when you join up podcasters, you'll know what I'm talking about. So thank you so much, Leaning, and I hope that you continue to enjoy the show. Oh, I also do have some news. My new book, The Confidence Blueprint, is coming out on Wednesday, the 14th of December. Yes, I've set myself a date. I mentioned this last week that my book that I'm basing on the Small Talk Made Simple class and which will also be released with a audio version of it as well, that's going to be released on the 14th of December and I cannot wait. Alrighty, moving on to the main topic for today, and it's all about watching your language. Let's go. So I didn't mention this earlier, but I have a very special guest on the podcast with me to help me to address this very important topic of language. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name's Aaron. I work for Briarbird. I'm the National Account Director and I mainly look after government and medical websites. Aaron also happens to be my lovely partner. <laughs> yes, we live together, we cook together, and we sit opposite each other at Hub. Yay. Yay, good times for all. And I really wanted to bring Aaron on the show today 
because I want to introduce him to you all. And also because he does a lot of his work on the phone, he's constantly calling up people, working out meetings, organizing, you know, sit downs and, and selling to them. You're selling web, you're selling we sell high end web development. High end web development, but only the communication side. So the content and the way in which the content is functionalized. And you're selling this to government organizations and places where there's a lot of people and there's a lot of money floating around. And it's often really challenging even getting in front of the person who can make that decision. And I hear you on the phone and you certainly know your stuff. And it's you do the sort of work that a lot of people could never, ever do because it is very challenging. And being able to speak to people the way you do is impressive, mm. i got to say. So, okay, firstly, before we dive in, let's talk about why language is so important. And I've got a few points here that I thought about, and maybe you'd like to add in some of your own as well. But firstly, it can affect our ability to build rapport with others and therefore our ability to influence them. So the way that you use your words and the types of words that you use, can they do have that ability to, to influence others. It can also help you to stand out from the crowd and get people's attention. If you're using really interesting language, that's going to set you apart from other people that might just use run-of-the-mill, day-to-day language that can get quite boring, maybe stuff that we hear all the time and that we then, you know, we filter out. It can also impact our confidence when we use certain words to talk about ourselves. And I'm going to be talking about that later about what is the language you actually use when you talk about yourself and when you talk to yourself. Believe me, I know you do it. We all do it. Even though if we're not crazy, we still talk to ourselves. Aaron, did you want to add anything to that? Why language is important? Language is important because if you want someone to respond to you and you want to make a connection with someone they have to feel like for like a lot of the times people will want to deal with people who are like them and if you can use a similar language or at least some terminology that they're using you may well be able to find that you can make a connection and you know further phone calls will be easier every time you make them okay so this podcast is actually crossing over into a couple of different realms here we're talking about the internal stuff, like what you actually say to yourself and that type of language that you use, that you hear and how that affects you. And we're also talking about the language that you use with other people when having conversations that that might be a little bit more of a, a strategic way that you do it in order to build rapport, get in front of the people you want, um, g- build great connections, et cetera, et cetera. So just to be clear, we'll be talking about, it, it covers two, these, these two types of of um, sort of key areas that you'd be using language. Now, I had to think about how we can go about doing this. How, what's the, what are the sort of practical steps that I can give you? Because language is something, it's very, something we can easily grasp. We, you know, we're using it every single day. It's something that we can easily grab a hold of and go, okay, what's something I can do to improve that? So I came up with six different things that you, that you can do, which we'll go through now. Now, the first thing, is to be aware of the language that you use habitually. There are around 500,000 words in the English language, yet, and I did my research, and I found that the average person's working vocabulary consists of only 2,000 words, which is 0.5% of the entire language. And the number of words that we use most frequently, for most people, it averages 200 to 300 words. 
So these are the this is the number of words we use habitually. So think about the words you use to describe how you're feeling or what lunch was like or how a meeting went. You know, you might say, oh, it was good. It was okay. It was all right. Or I'm feeling awesome. That's great. Fantastic. Cool. Not bad. It's, you might find yourself using the same words over and over again. So the first thing to do is to be aware of the type of language that you use and to be aware of the fact that you are probably only using a really small percentage of, of words that are available to you that could potentially do be more effective and actually um, be more effective in how you communicate. Now, the second thing that I've got here is to be aware of the language you use when you talk to yourself in your head and how you talk about yourself to others. And I've talked about this before. Do you use language like I'm just a, and Aaron, I noticed before you said I'm just a sales guy. Did you? I've done it before where now I tell people I'm the ultimate sales guy. Do you? I haven't <laughs> well, heard that one yet. Well, if they ask me and people say, what do you do? I say, I talk for a living. And then if they ask me to elaborate on it further, I say, I talk really well and I'm paid really well for talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I have heard people say, I'm just a, or oh, I'm only this, or I've, I only just started, like just started my business, or I only have this many clients. And this sort of language really erodes your confidence over time if you keep saying it. Also, be aware, are you saying to yourself, if you, if you, let's say you make a mistake, do you say to yourself, oh, you're an idiot, you're stupid, you should have known better? What if you instead said, you made a mistake, but that's okay, you'll learn for next time? Think about what sort of words you should delete from your vocabulary altogether. Like, I'm feeling depressed today, I regret doing that, I feel pathetic, or I am pathetic. All these words that drag you down are not helpful. And I strongly, encourage you to use words that pull you forward instead. One example, like I sometimes find myself saying my body is broken after I've done a bit too much exercise (laughs) and I feel like everywhere is hurting and it doesn't really help when I tell myself my body's broken. It's more like, hey, I've worked out really hard, I'm sore, but my body's going to recover and be even stronger over the next few days. And and for me personally, when I train – this is, I guess, the difference between me and Christina. I will come home and I'll relax on the couch and think, internally, I'm a bit sore, but tomorrow I'll feel better as opposed to I'm broken and I'm <laughs> going to have to wait for it to be fixed. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my body is just broken all over and everything's going wrong with me. And who knows, maybe my language is actually perpetuating that. Thanks for waking me up to that. <laughs> well, we all know that there is a thing called a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, mm-hmm. Can you explain? Well, if you tell yourself over and over again, I'm no good at this, I'm no good at this, you will be no good at whatever you're telling yourself you're no good at. But if you consistently internally tell yourself, I'm getting better with this, slowly, you don't have to lie to yourself. You can be honest with yourself, but if you constantly tell yourself, I'm getting better at this, I'm get-. when I first started in sales, I thought I was horrible on the phone. I would speak with people, I would get off and I would say, that person will never take my call again. <laughs> but over time, you start to realize that you're getting better. You're recognizing the inflection in people's voice on the phone. You know whether they're busy, you know whether they remember you from last time. 
And those things start to, to build and you start to be more confident and internally you start to tell yourself, I am good at this. And not only that, but I get people to, you know, respond to me in the way I want them to. It's not like anything. It's a skill and you need to develop it. And your internal voice is also like that as well. The more you use it to support your views and you going forward and being better, the more that your internal voice will be friendly towards you. Yeah. We like friendly internal voices. Yeah. We don't want the one that tells us you'll never make it. <laughs> we, we want the angel on our shoulder and not the devil on our shoulder. There's enough mean voices in the world. We don't need another one. Mm. I like to think of it as would you talk to your friend, like your best friend, the way that you talk to yourself? Okay, maybe in Australia you would tell your best friend that they're an idiot. But in general, if it's someone that you liked, would you talk to them in that same way? Probably not. So be your own friend. Be and, friendly to yourself. And if you're angry and you need to use your angry internal voice, then use it to push yourself forward. For instance, if I make a mistake or I do something where I think, where I used to think, why did I do that? And that, that is what my internal voice says. Now it says, you could have done that better and next time you will. Mm. So it's just about changing your perceptions and it's also about changing the way in which you view yourself and the way in which you move forward. Negative things will keep you in a single place. Positive affirmations will move you forward. Who'd you learn that from? Uh, well, part of it is my own ethos, <laughs> but part of it is... is I want to read that book. <laughs> is, um, well, surprisingly, it's not a book. It's actually... Um, your sister, when she did the podcast for you, she spoke about her affirmations in the mirror. I'm not an affirmations in the mirror kind of guy, but I'm definitely a affirmations in my head and repeating them and, you know, internally screaming them. Love it. Scream your affirmations inside, if that's the kind of person you are. <laughs> that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> All righty. The third thing that I came up with when I was researching this podcast is to be aware of the language other people use. And this relates back to the different personality styles. I did a whole series on personality styles and figuring out, is someone a direct person? Are they a bit more indirect? Are they a bit more reserved and shy or whatever? Are they more analytical and like detailed? And if you can understand these different personality styles, you can adapt the way you communicate to the way they communicate and as a result, build better rapport with them, have better connections with them and ultimately have a, a better relationship and, and get more value out of and provide more value into that relationship as well. So this relates directly to language because you need to be aware of the sort of language that other people use. And if you can be aware of that, you can then start to change the way that you speak or change your language to match and mirror them, which will then help to build that connection. Aaron, I assume you do this a lot in your day-to-day -day oh, most Most definitely. And at the business I work for now, uh, they're all, or a lot of the people I'm dealing with are more your your managers and things like that. But I have worked in sales for about 15 years. And a lot of the places I've worked at, we've sold to big business all the way to, you know, Joe's Plumbing. And you can best believe that Joe 
does not want to be spoken to, like the digital channel manager at um, some government department or big business. If you speak to him like that, Joe will not only not take your phone calls, <laughs> but he will never purchase from you ever again. Um, and it's not about parroting people. Parroting is is the wrong terminology. I used to think like that, maybe in the 90s. But nowadays, it's about understanding where someone's come from, uh, putting yourself in their position, and using the language that best suits, for me anyway, the facilitation of a sale, which means I respect who you are, I hear what you're saying, and I'm responding with the language that, that you have used with me as opposed to, you know, spiraling off into jargon or talking about things that have no connection to him and what he's speaking to me about. Because a lot of people, when they speak, they have a preordained, I must say A, B, and C, where that's not really true. What you're trying to do is make a connection and, and ask questions and, you know, in business terms, find things out. And if you go in there with a, I have a spiel and I must get out A, B, and C in order for me to feel like I've said my piece, you will more often than not fail. You're better to go in quite open and seeing what people want, seeing the language they use, seeing what they want from you, and then trying to respond to that. When you go in with a preordained, this is the language I'm using, this is what I'm going to say, and this is how I'm going to say it. You know, that's for when you're at a lectern at a talk. Mm. So I do a lot of pitch coaching, right? And one of my clients, I, I'd been helping her with her with her pitch training and she had some TV appearances coming up. So I was that was part of the coaching. I helped her prep, prep herself and be prepared for Q&A for this, for this TV appearance. Anyway, I was then emceeing the, the League of Extraordinary Women conference and I, there was a, another woman at the conference ran up to me and she said, oh, I know so-and-so who's your client. Oh, I heard that you did media training for her. Can you do media training for me? And I was like, media training? Like in my head, I'm like, media training? I don't do media training. What's media training? And then sort of in that split second, I thought, oh, that's right. I helped my client with a TV appearance, which I guess you could call media training. So, of course, I said, yeah, I do media training, yeah. And she goes, oh, fantastic. I would love to, you know, let's get in touch. I really need help with media training. And that made it really clear to me that media training, pitch training, presentation training, uh, personal brand training, all that type of training is all pretty much the same thing, but it's just given a different word, you know, different language is used. and. And like Aaron was saying, you need to be open to the different language that the people are using and not go in there with a preconceived idea of what what language it is that they use. Because if she had said to me, do you do meter training? And I said, no, I do pitch training and, you know, using different language to describe the same thing, she'd, she'd be like, oh, okay, well, then I guess can't work with you, right? Or she'd just be really confused. So that was a really um, important lesson for me that day. Alrighty, this is a big one. Number four, practice using language that suggests certainty. Now, I hear a lot of people use words like this, and I am guilty of it. Aaron, you're guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We all say it a lot. Words like, I guess, or I think, or pretty much. 
And these are all words that make us sound like we're uncertain or that we don't, we're not quite sure of what we're talking about. We're trying to pad out our sentences with these, with these words that don't mean anything and don't help us with, with what we're, with what we're saying. Aaron, is this something that you've had to consciously delete from your vocabulary? Well, because I'm a salesman and because for a long time I viewed myself as just a salesman, <laughs> uh, and that was mainly because I worked in businesses where I was the only salesman, so I had nothing else to compare myself to, I would say I'm just a salesman at XYZ, where when I came to Hub and I realized that there's not a lot of people who communicate well in sales. There's a lot of people who do sales. There's a lot of people who make sales. There's not a lot of people who do it well. Now, in order to do it well, you need to respect the work that you're doing. And the the more I've come to understand that I possess a skill and I use that skill to the best of my ability, it has definitely helped when I speak with people and instead of saying something along the lines of, um, I'm guessing you might do some work later this year with digital development. I will say something along the lines of, I'm sure that you recognize the value in doing a digital development mm. soon. Uh, what's the time frame for that? Because mm. a lot of the times you're looking for answers, people are more likely to answer someone who are sure of the question they're asking. If you're unsure or you're thinking to yourself, Oh, I'm guessing or I wanted to know. Or, or I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I mean, that that doesn't help them feel like you're the right person to speak with about this because the more schooled you are in their subject or the language in which they use to to describe their, their subject, the, the more confident they will be with giving you information, with letting you in, with making a connection and hopefully for someone like me, making a sale. Mm. I hadn't actually thought about it that way in terms of being confident when asking a question because I'm always thinking of it as, oh, someone's asking me a question. You know, when someone asks me about my business or when I'm on stage and I get Q&A or if you're, say, talking to a potential client and they ask you questions about what you can, how you can serve them, I'm always about you got to be certain with your answers. So when someone asks you a question, you don't say, oh, I guess it's this or I think it's this. You say, it is this. This is what I do. But I hadn't thought about it as much before about when asking a question. So that's a really useful thing that you mm. just shared there. So thank well, you for it, sharing that. It works both ways. It, it's If somebody asks you a question about your business and you guess or you figure or something like that, their confidence in wanting to work with you probably wouldn't be as high as if you said, I do this and I do it fantastically. And that's all you need to say. You know, no more, no less. Mm. I know that you have no problem saying, I do this fantastically. What about all the people out there <laughs> who struggle with that? I think for a lot of people, it's not that you have to tell yourself, I do this fantastically, but you have to tell yourself, I'm confident in doing this. I'm confident I'm offering a, a product or a service that this person needs. For, for and you can say that to people. Like you can say, I'm confident that we will achieve X, Y, Z for you or that you know you will get X, Y, Z out of the service instead of going, 
I hopefully this will happen. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that a lot of people don't recognize that, for me anyway, as a salesman, not everyone is looking to buy your product. Part of what you're doing is trying to find out who is a viable user, end user of this product. Because if I'm trying to sell Christina a pair of shoes and she has a pair of shoes on and two in her bag, she doesn't need a pair of shoes. And I know that's very simple, but what I'm trying to explain is if someone already has it, has multiples of it, has 10 people at their workplace who are doing it, unless you're offering a service above and beyond what they already have, that should really be the end of the conversation. And if you're good with language, you'll be able to elicit that information. How many workers do you have? How are they going for you? What was the last thing you did? Was it successful? You know, if all those questions are answered super affirmative and they're, you know, like they're all like, oh, it's fantastic and we've got 10 staff and we do this and we do that. It's like they're a low probability as for, for someone like me to make a sale to. When someone says something like, well, it, it was a year and a half ago, Bill's left and, and John's left, but we're hoping to pick up the slack and, and we're, we're looking towards the future. It's like tick. Yeah. It's like you are a prospect. Yeah. And it's like I try to explain this to people. For someone in my position, when you're using language, it's not necessarily about trying to sell to everyone because half the people you call are not worth the phone call. Not that then – I take that back, cut that out. Um, half the people you call don't need your service, but you must make the phone call – to ensure that you know whether they need the service or not. You know, to get that pipeline of people who are going to use your product, you need to use the right language to elicit the right information. And if you're not doing that, you might have to ring that person four or five times to get that information. Excellent. Okay, we're nearly towards the end here. Just real quick, jargon. When is it appropriate? Jargon is appropriate when you're di- – for me, and, and I'm dealing with um, online content development, I think jargon is – Which pro- is jargon in itself. Which is jargon way, in itself. What is online content development? So we don't, – Don't go into that. We write, <laughs> we write stories for, for websites and Yay. we redevelop content. Um, <laughs> jargon can be used to work out if you're talking with someone who is extremely schooled or knowledgeable about the, I guess, what you're talking about. So whether it be, you know, a car guy and you're using all the car terms or it's an IT guy and you're using all the IT terms, it can help you recognize where they are, not necessarily in the pecking order, but definitely in the understanding of um, what's being offered. Now, when I think jargon, because I'm helping people with networking and talking about themselves, explaining what they do, you know, the elevator pitch, all of that, when I think jargon, I think you have to use language that the everyday person can understand because you cannot assume that people are going to understand what it is that you do. And the thing is you may not even be aware of the jargon that you are using because you're so embedded in it every day at work. So like the jargon-peppered elevator pitch for you, I think you explained it to me this morning. What was it again? Oh, it's all acronyms. It's all like 
IA, UX. Um, so what's the sentence? Functionality design. Yeah, um, so it's like I do functionality design and UX for and content redevelopment. So that's for, yes. whereas, whereas if we took, which is basically all jargon, if we stripped that of jargon and you were explaining it to someone who had no idea, i.e. a 10-year-old, how would you then ex- how would you say explain what you do? Well, when I'm on the phone to someone and I think to myself, um, this isn't their area of expertise, but I'm looking for them to put me onto the person who they think will be the right person, I will say something like, I help government websites be more functional so you can find the information you want, or we help write more engaging information that goes on the website so maybe a story or maybe a video maybe it'll be a, the about us page <laughs> yeah so you give really concrete examples yes yes this is what it is instead of content development well part of it is sometimes you can use jargon to just punch your way through it's like if you're on the phone with someone and they have a little bit of an understanding you could say something like I do IA UX for the Department of Health and the and the ATO. I'd like to speak with your comms director. His name is X, and this is why he wants to speak to me because I know all this stuff and and I just dropped all those acronyms and and other government departments. And even though you don't, you only understood eighty percent of what I said. The jargon I've used has made you think. He knows what he's talking about, mm. and I'm going to put him through to that person. So that's a situation where it is appropriate, but you have to tread carefully. <laughs> oh, tread carefully. You've got to be very careful because very you don't careful. want to use the jargon. <laughs> you don't want to use the jargon to Joe the plumber and for him to go, no. I don't like these strange words mm-hmm. that you're using, go away. Yeah, the, there's definitely a time and a place for jargon, and if you if you can utilise it as required, you'll find that it can work. But also, don't overuse it and make sure that you're still listening to the language that people are using. So if they use jargon, use jargon. If someone likes to, you know, flavor their um, conversations with a little bit of um, swearing, you can drop a single swear word. Don't start swearing like you're some crazy street person, but, you know, try to make them feel comfortable. Mm. I think that's what it comes down to, like, uh, when we when we go back and look at everything we've talked about today, it comes down to you know look look and see what the other person will listen to, how the other person's speaking, what language are they using, and gauge what's appropriate. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for that, Aaron. No problems. Thanks for joining me on the show. Your first podcast. I'm pretty proud. Proud of you. Now, everyone, you stuck with us to the end. So well done. Hope it was interesting for you. <laughs> I think we should share with them our exciting news, Aaron. Um, yes, why not? I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. She's not Clara. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> she's not Lizzie, I swear it. <laughs> I am just kidding. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the news is that, but this is shh can't tell anyone this is actually like we're keeping you on the down low we have started a business together and we've told a few select people 
It's so new, we haven't even launched the website yet, but I did want to share it with you because I consider you part of my inner circle. Yes, that's right. So you get this uh, sneak peek uh, preview of, of this business. And the business is we help businesses to develop and launch successful podcasts. Yay! Yay! Yay, we're excited. Now, I'm still doing the same method. This is a side business, so this isn't going to become my full-time one. This is a side business for both of us, um, and we're, and because of that, we will be only working with select clients. Um, just so you know, it's called Podcast Services Australia. We, it took us a lot of thinking to come up with that one. I really put on my creative hat for that one. So we're really excited to get this started. Like I said, we're only taking on a few select clients uh, we're not going to be working with everyone, but because you are, I consider you part of my inner circle, I want to offer this service to you and people that you know first. So if you do know anyone who wants to start a podcast and perhaps doesn't know how to get started or or how it could fit in with their overall marketing strategy, reach out, cc at thecmethod.com and yeah, would love to would love to speak to you. But yeah, excited about this. Alrighty, and that's all from me this week. Thank you for spending some time with Aaron and myself today. Thank you so much, Aaron, for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you back on in future if that wasn't too painful for you. No, it's all fine. I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> he does. We both do. That's why we get along so well. Keep on being awesome, and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>